Welcome to this meeting of Humans Anonymous. My name is Landon. Am I doing this show by myself? I really hope not. That would be bad. I don't do things well by myself. No, I will not be doing this show by myself today. Obviously, my good wife, Amaria, is not joining me in the studio, um, but I will be joined by two excellent gentlemen. We've got a great, um, great episode planned for you guys today. Going to get into a little bit more um, serious stuff than we typically do, but I think it's going to be a great episode. Um, kind of just preparing for this has really opened my eyes a lot. And so I'm excited to be able to introduce you guys to an awesome, awesome dude that actually has a lot of history with the Moi Troop. And so because I'm all alone here in the studio and I'll probably just rant if I, if I keep going, I'll try to wrap things up. But remember guys, if you are liking the content, um, A, we appreciate you. Keep watching, keep listening. B, check out moi.net. That's M-W-A-H.net. We've got some more content up there as well as ways to contact us if you'd like us to come and speak at a school, speak at an event. Um, that's something we've been doing with moi for years. And so definitely if you're liking what we're doing, you think we should come to your school, definitely reach out. Um, so today in the studio, in the background, as always, Aaron, we have our producer, Aaron. Um, he'll be joining us today for the episode. Aaron, if you want to hop in here, how are you doing, man? Hello. Doing good. Going? Doing good. Happy, Thanks for happy me evening. Back. Yes. No, I'm excited tonight. Yes. So, um, like I said, we've got a guest coming in today. Obviously, Aaron, you're always a guest on the show. It's always good to have you, but you've become a little bit more of a regular. So, we have a, a guest guest this week on our show, um, a guy who... Uh, like I said, a lot of history with the troop. Um, he just dropped a new single, uh, song back in January, I believe 19th, um, of last month, he just dropped a new single. Um, and he's been actually doing a lot for, um, the community, uh, in his hometown in Minnesota, as well as all over for, um, some pretty serious issues, um, that he's been addressing uh, with law enforcement. And so we'll get into all of that as we bring him in. Buddy McLean or Andre. Yes. How you doing today, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. So uh, with the, with my, with my experience with my, it was Andre Locke. <laughs> Andre Locke. Because yeah. see, when um, Ray introduced me to you, and real quick, I want to tell a little story about you, Andre, and you probably don't even remember this. Okay. But, um, one of the first times that we ever talked was about four years ago. And it was in, I believe, February, March of uh, 2020. And I had just gotten out of the hospital and I was staying with Ray recovering. And um, he got me on the horn with a couple of guys who had been in the uh, Explosonic Rockers back in the day, which was the yes. troop before the troop. Yes. Um, and you know, I, I don't even know if you remember the conversation we had, but you were just really encouraged me to stay on the path that I was going on and uh, definitely have remembered that conversation for a long time. So it's good to be able to have you on the podcast talking to you again. Um, and yeah, welcome. You know what? Thank you so much. And I do remember that, actually. And uh, yeah, and, and I don't remember the, the conversation in detail. Um, but I know that I did talk with you and, uh, and I'm happy that it resonated with you. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It did. So real quick, before we kind of get into what's been going on with you lately, man, I did want to talk about the Explosonic Rockers back in the day, man. I've heard a lot about them. Now they were a, a street dance troupe. Yes. And they would travel around and kind of do the same thing we do at MOA, but they would dance, right? And yes. you guys would incorporate positive messages into that is is kind of what I'm hearing. I've seen a lot of photos, haven't yes. seen a lot of videos. Thir th well, you know what? That was 39 years ago, right? Thirty Back in 84, right? Eight, so 84, 85. So yeah. Okay. So almost about 40 years ago now. And, yeah. and um, I was 11 years old. And... <laughs> Um, so 84, yeah, I was 11 and 84 when I joined the Expo Sonic Rockers and we started off, we started off as a breakdance group and okay. we were actually the number one breakdance group in entire Chicago, um, uh, where we battled every crew, even the New York breakers we battled. Oh, wow. The New York city breakers. Yep. <laughs> so, and, uh, there, there was this, um, there was this. Um, this competition called the Saxon Facts. Okay. And, and where they had 5,000 groups. And we beat all, we beat every group in the entire city to become the number one breakdance group uh, that made the headlines and made it made the, uh, the Sun Times, of course, the Sun Times paper, the Star Tribune. Um, and were all of you guys out of Chicago? We were all out of Chicago, absolutely. So, and uh, th that group was a special group. Um, because it had um, these two guys, um, Lawrence uh, um, and Lloyd, out of the uh, projects, uh, they were in. If, they were in. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they were in the Henry Horner homes, and um, they were called the Electric Dominoes at the time. So we were Explosonic Rockers and the Electric Dominoes, and this group of guys was so special. And we had some guys out of out of Merrill's Park. Uh, Rick Garcia, uh, we have Vince. Um, these guys were so special with their talents, and they were really good break dancers. I'm talking about top of the line break dancers. And and the guy who who put everything together for us was Steve, was Steve O, Steve Brewster, the one and only Steve Brewster. <laughs> I can do jack of all trades, can do anything, and, and can do any and all things. And I'm telling you, this guy, even to this day, I, I work with Steve. That's I was going to say, didn't he help out on the album cover? He, he, actually, if you look at majority of my covers, he, he did majority of the covers. Except gotcha. for the, uh, yeah, he's a great he, artist. Absolutely. Except for the um, except for the cover with um, with the Sounds of Blackness. That was done by uh, one of the members of the Sounds of Blackness for this song called So Thankful. But yeah, Steve, this latest uh, uh, cover, but um, just a great mentor. Um, a great person to have in your life. Um, someone who's asked, man, this guy is so talented. Just, it goes beyond words, how talented he is. And also for him to be his age and to look like he's in his twenties right now. And this guy's in his sixties and looks like he's in his twenties. I'm telling you, he's a beautiful human being. I've so, always yeah, had so a, a, a great experience with he's just been very encouraging about this podcast about yeah. my sobriety just every because ray again he got me to call steve brewster back when i was first getting sober you know ray's very persistent if he wants you to talk to someone he'll get you to talk to him exactly. yeah he was, <laughs> and he yeah he's uh I, I love steve brewster he's to this day uh encouraging me 
Yes, Ray was very persistent about this this podcast and making sure that I made it uh, to the podcast. And and I yeah. promised him that I would because everything was about is about time. And so yeah. So also I have to I have to also talk about my cousin Reggie McClure. Um, okay. And Reggie McClure was a special part of my life. He's the one that taught me how to break dance. He's the one that taught me how to dance. And he ended up becoming a part of the group also. Okay. And and I'm telling you, and just for the, the height that we went to. Um, so we started off breakdancing. And then we started off. Um, so we went from breakdancing to uh, being the troop that you know us to be. Um, you know, into the things that Moi is into as of right now. So our message back then uh, was saying no to drugs and um, and and being from the inner city of Chicago, the west side of Chicago, K-Town, a lot of drug, it was drug infested through my entire neighborhood. A lot of drug dealing, a lot of drug sales, a lot, lots of murders, a, a lot of everything in that community. And the Explosonic Rockers took me out of that community. And, and show me that there was something else in the world, that that there were other places to be. Because I only for a while I only knew the west side of Chicago. I didn't even know. I didn't even travel on the south side. Every now and then I would, because I had relatives over there. But I only knew the west side for majority of my life, um, at least 15 years of my life there. So, um, it, I'm sorry, because I, I can go. No, no, no you're on. good. You're good, man. <laughs> No, I yeah. love to hear. I love to hear kind of the the backstory and where you're from. That's that's, yeah, that's all important. I mean, everything goes into to where you're at and and who you are now. So yeah, no, all of that's important. Um, so in the realm of kind of the Explosonic Rockers, uh, we've talked about Ray a little bit on this show before. Um, what's been your experience with Ray? Because that man, to me has always seemed like his life is just dedicated to helping people. I'm not sure if he does anything else other than just think of different ways to try to help people who need it, you know? <laughs> you, you know, uh, Ray Moffat is, how could I describe Ray Moffat in a few words? Amazing, patient, um, understanding, um, encouraging, helpful. I could keep going. Yeah, because Ray is Ray embodies all of those things, and Ray saw something in us years ago that he wanted to help bring out. He saw talent, and he wanted to he wanted us to express our talents, but he wanted us to use our talents where we were able to help other people. So Ray Ray, Ray Moffat taught the Explosonic Rockers how to express ourselves, how to speak. How yeah. to uh, how to uh, present ourselves on television? How to present ourselves in interviews? Uh, Ray Moffat taught us um, uh, uh, proper English, you know, because it was all about the hood at the time, and, and that's what we knew. So Ray helped us embody um, life experiences that we're that we're going through now, but also to be able to see that there was more to the West Side. And also just Maywood, uh, yeah. Illinois, that there was more to this world uh, than just what we were seeing. Yeah, it's like he he somehow makes you not just see the best of things, but like he brings the best out of you too. 
Yeah, he definitely has that double-edged sword a little bit. And it's I just I, I love asking that question to people who know Ray because I feel like he's just been such a unique individual in my life. And I feel like mm -hmm. anyone who comes in contact with him feels that, you know, right away. I mean, absolutely. I, I live with Ray. Yeah. I, I live with Ray for a while. And uh and Ray helped me um Ray helped me to uh graduate. Ray helped me to be able to uh go to Lincoln Park Preparatorial School for the Arts. Wow, Lincoln Park. Um, so I would leave Ray House and go to Lincoln Park every day. That apartment in uh... Maywood, oh, right, across, was... right across from Proviso East, right next to Al's, um, the, the the restaurant. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The Ch Chinese American restaurant. But every, I st whenever I come to Chicago, I always go there and eat. Oh, really? <laughs> always, always, because. Because that brings back my childhood memories uh, and the great time that I had with the Exmo Sonic Rockers. Yeah. And then it gives, also gives me an opportunity to visit Maywood, an area at the time that was a suburb of Chicago. It, it, so it's different now. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot different now. <laughs> it's, it's the hood now. Yeah. But, but, but before it was, the, it was the suburb. So And it was an outlet for me um, growing up in K-Town. So it gave me um, an opportunity to get away and, and to be able to express myself. Yeah. And to, you know, and, and to becoming the person in which I am today. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So obviously your uh, performing, your love for the arts did not stop with the Expo Sonic Rockers. That's something that you've carried with you uh, up until, you know, very, very recently. Can you kind of talk to me about this new song, uh, where the love at with River Smith? What's kind of like the um, inspiration behind that song? Well, um, for, first off, shout out to River Smith. Shout out to her father, who was a part of the Expo Sonic Rockers, who oh, produced wow. who produced the song. Was that Mark? Uh, Mark, yep. Yeah. Platinum, platinum, gold records, platinum producer. He's wow. worked with everyone in this music industry. From and Celine that's another D alumni of the Expo Sonic Rock. Another Rockers. alumni who uh, he has so this dude has so many accolades and he's so humble and down to earth. And he and his wife Sylvia uh, Smith, um, super producers between both of them. Um, I, you know, and and they may not pat themselves on the back, but I'm gonna do it for him uh, <laughs> because as you know, learning his wife and knowing him, uh, just a, a, a beautiful person. Um, so, um, I'll tell you about the song and what inspired the song, but I have to talk about Mark also, because okay. Mark is a, he's playing a huge part of my life. Um, and especially what was taking place now, uh, from the current things. And, um, Mark taught me how to DJ. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I started off, so we started off rapping and DJing. So we were break dancing, rapping and DJing with the wow. Sonic Rockers. And Mark taught me how to DJ. So he taught me how to scratch, taught me how to blend, taught me how to do everything. So it, so now you see where his talents went to. Yeah. You see? So um, so the song was produced by and Mark. And you guys are still working together. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. Man, man it, it's, it's beautiful. Steve. Some lifelong relationships, man. Absolutely. Steve on the, Steve on the, on the uh, artwork and the, and the mentorship. Mark on the mentorship and production. And I'm telling you, man, just uh, just this thing that Ray embodied in all of us and we're still pushing it. So 
where the love at was inspired from a number of things. You know, um, I was, I do, I'm a hip hop artist. I'm a hip hop dad now. And, um, and I had some success in the music industry some years ago um, where I started off in the Source magazine and Unsigned Hype. Um, Riggs Morales, um, who was a part of uh, the Source magazine at the time, um, this is when the Source was the, considered the Bible of hip hop. Okay. And um, this was around 19, um, 1998, 99, when that happened. Um, but I broke into the scene in 1997. I'm just gonna I'm, I'm gonna catch you up on what inspired okay. the song. Yeah, yeah. So, so I did a lot of street records back in the day. I talked about my experiences in Chicago, uh, family experiences, and everything that I saw. So I okay. just talked about my life experiences and what I was seeing um, with um, uh, concrete music, is is what I would call it then. And um, where the love at, let's fast forward. Um, some things ended up happening in my life where things derailed for a short period of time. And, and I was able to come out of that and to retract and to get back on my feet and um, to resurface back into the music industry that I've been uh, active for the last eight or nine years through college radio. College radio has been keeping me alive through Ness Rodriguez, um, who was a, a, a center point of Seattle, uh, who put uh, Sir Mix a lot on back in the day. My posse's on Broadway. If y'all, <laughs> if you know that song, and uh, and Baby Got Back, I know okay. you know that. One. Everybody know that song. <laughs> okay. All right, so Nasty Ness, shout out to Nasty Ness. Um, uh, with Rap Attack Lives. Um, that is uh, the college charts. Where you where you hit each of these stations uh, through college radio, but you okay. also chart almost like Billboard. Okay. So, so and right now my that song is charting. So where the love that was inspired um, because of the music nowadays is so much killing on the music right now. And and I'm not knocking nothing that everybody's doing. So to each his own for right. whatever they do. It's a lot of good music that's out there, but how many times can you kill somebody on a record? Right that's that's where i was going with it so i wanted to um push love for a little bit i wanted to, I, I wanted let's get back to partying and having fun yeah <laughs> and, 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 and instead of uh embracing all of the killing music when you're in these clubs and stuff like that let's have fun let's get back to that so that's yeah. what inspired where the love at and um mark when mark sent me the song he actually produced the song and uh and it was for someone else in the early stages okay. but then he thought of, but then he thought about it and was like man he was like dre would sound good on this he was like buddy would sound really good on this record so he told the guy that he had the record for someone else and the guy didn't write anything the artist hadn't wrote anything to it anyway so when gotcha. he, he so he told me about the record first and then he said i have this record for you that i think will really work and and I said okay. Um, he sent the track over, and oh my goodness, I had the first part of the verse right away. 
So instant, I'm talking about instantly. I was yeah, like, that, so, that's how you know it, it's supposed to happen. <laughs> oh man, I'm talking about soon as I played it in the truck, the first words that I said, I, I called him back, you know, so I could let him hear. I said, I already know what I want to call it. He was like, What? I said, Where the love at? I said, Man, this is gonna this is gonna bring people back around to having fun. And and, and and he was like, how would you start it? I said, so much hate with the love at. That's how I started it. Yep. Yeah. So, so yeah. So that's what inspired the song. Uh, wanted to push fun. Wanted to, wanting to push love. Wanted to push um, that it's more to than, uh, than dying. That it's okay to live. Yeah. So that's what inspired it. No, I love that. I think that music for a long time was about just bringing people together and having a good time. And like at some point along the way, we got more interested in other things. And yeah, I love the idea of just bringing music back to like, let's just party. Let's just have fun. We don't need to be Absolutely. talking about something crazy. Like, let's just, you know, let's just love. I love, you know, I love that. And we say it on, on here all the time. I think the most important thing in life is love. That's the only thing holding us together right now is a little bit of love. Like I know there's a lot of hate out there. I know there's a lot of negativity out there, but mm -hmm. there's, there's just enough love to keep us floating. So I, I love that, man. <laughs> and, then, and then there's so much that's going on in everyone's life. Everyone has their own story, you know? <laughs> so, so every, we need a break sometime. Oh yeah, and music has always been a go-to for many for many of our parents, for many of us, for many people around the world. Music yeah. is, is a go-to where you can relax, where you can think about things, where you can where you can get to where you can get your mind in order. You yeah. know, so and 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 I'm happy that you touched on that. So I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so next, I do want to kind of talk about some stuff that's been going on with you uh, a little bit more recently um back in february of 2022 uh mm -hmm. there was obviously some events that um have taken place some people may know and some people may not um but your son amir at the age of 22 was mm -hmm. shot by the minneapolis police correct yes um and so i know that uh, i believe it was last year or maybe 23 yeah 23 you mm -hmm. came out with a documentary called the amir lock story Mm -hmm. um do you mind if we kind of start there all right so yeah we'll start there uh, um so amir uh to, to your listening audience my son amir lock was um was killed on a botch no knock warrant on february the 2nd uh of 22 uh 2022 uh in the wee hour mornings um after working a hard night of doing doordash and he was visiting relatives at the time. And it was a botch no knock warrant because the warrant didn't have anything to do with anyone that lived in the unit. It had nothing to do with Amir at all. His name was not on the warrant. He had nothing to do with anything that was going on. And Amir was asleep on a couch when the SWAT team, when the Minneapolis SWAT team, um, snuck into the apartment with a with a key fob and kicked the couch that startled Amir. You could see him jump and reach for um his handgun that he had the right to carry as well, just so that you know that. Yeah. 
Right. And uh, um, so um, within three to nine seconds, Amir was gunned down by the Minneapolis police while he still had the blanket over his head. So um, Amir never got a chance to see who was in that apartment, who, um, who actually took his life. This is what I believe um, from all of the footage and everything that we've seen. And I was able to see 56 body cam footage. So the Amir Lock story is based on those body cam footage. So where it tells the story itself, we don't have to narrate anything. Um, I'm thankful to Amir's uncle and his aunt, Linda uh, Tyler and Andrew Tyler. They own, uh, Andrew Tyler actually owns his own film company. And this is Amir's uncle on his mother's side that's married to uh, Amir's mother's um, sister. And Andrew Tyler owns Tyler Mem Films. And they were just documenting everything as we went along uh, while we were going through this process of finding out exactly what happened to Amir. So um, Andrew brought his camera along and decided to document everything step by step. And um, while he was documenting everything step by step, all of these different things just unfolded the way that it did. It was it was it was God sent, you know, all, you know, for us to be in all of these different places: Washington D.C., Arkansas, New York, um, here, um, Chicago, uh, all of these different cities um, that we ended up being in uh, in our efforts to get the word out um, that no knock warrants are not safe for civilians or police, and we were able to push that message. We were able to push that message so much that we were able to get legislation passed here in Minnesota um, that restricts no-knock warrants from happening in black and brown communities and also throughout the entire state. So they can't just barbarically run into anyone's home any longer and use any um, phony excuses uh, to do those things. And, and let me be clear. We are not against police. Right. At all. We, I have police officers in my family. As a matter of fact, um, Reginald McClure, Officer Reginald McClure, is a part of the Explosonic Rockers. He, he is okay. a, he is an alumni as well. <laughs> and, and, and Reginald McClure is my first cousin, who also um, has been uh, monumental in helping us in our efforts to get justice for Mayor. So this thing is being pushed from every level. And when I say that now, uh, his accolades are amazing as well, because he's such an amazing human being and down to earth. So I, I would touch on Reginald McClure with his efforts to help us because Reginald McClure has been at, he's been at the top of everything and he's still at gotcha. the top. So right now he's with Homeland Security. So okay. And, but he's been at every level that you can think of, <laughs> you know, so and he's just a phenomenal human being. And Amir was his little cousin. And he actually gave Amir tips on uh, gun safety and how to handle himself and how to, uh, you know, um, how to interact uh, with law enforcement. 
this is the same thing that Amir's mother and myself uh, that that we've done for a number of years. His mother is uh, um, Karen Wells. So, um, so for the things that have taken place um, that has destroyed our family, we're in the rebuilding stage right now. It's so tough in rebuilding because Amir comes, Amir is the oldest, uh, the second oldest son out of five of my sons and, and four of my daughters. So I have nine children. And Amir was one of those kids. Amir was extremely talented. Um, before he passed, Amir started a company called Saving the Youth LLC. And his thing was he wanted to use music and get into music he, he and my oldest son, Andre, uh, my, my junior, they're both into music heavy. Okay. And, and, and matter of fact, he, he, Amir and my son Andre is the reason that I even got back into music. Um, wow. Yeah. They're the reason that I started pushing hard again. Um, you know, they say, Dad, you don't need to, you can just, just record yourself at home, do this. They taught me how to record myself, how, yeah. to, uh, how to get everything done. Why I didn't have to go into, uh, you know, studios spending so much money or uh, trying to get into somebody's studio that didn't want me in their studio. Right. You know, you know, everybody always busy, you know, yep. <laughs> uh, you know somebody always got something to do, you know. So so those Amir and his oldest brother, Andre, taught me um, how to um, be self-sufficient with um, production and everything again. And and I, and I was extremely thankful for that and uh, and proud of those guys. So Amir uh, wanted to push um, his his message of saving the youth through music, through clothing, um, through art, um, through speech, um, uh, poems, and things like that. Uh, this kid was he was ahead of his time, and he was so down to earth, man. And he was about generational wealth. He always talked about generational wealth and, and breaking um, strongholds um, that have been on our, our family for many years and uh, and being able to uh, uh, be that person that would help lead us out of those things. So of uh, of hardship uh, that our family has seen for many years. Well, so that's, in, that's kind of incredible that, I mean, he just seems like he was an amazing kid. First of all, I just, we extend our deepest condolences, obviously. Um, that's a tragic thing to take place to, to anybody's family. And so, you know, we obviously extend our condolences to yours. Um, it sounded like he was Thank you. the same way that you are, just passionate about doing something good, you know? And it's, it's so rare to find that. Yeah. And um, what a unique um, talent. Uh, to, to have, to be able to look at any situation, even with you looking at this situation that you're in, um, facing it head on, not, uh, uh, blaming a whole group, not, uh, blaming a whole organization, but rather trying to fix the, the root of the issue so that it doesn't happen again, moving. It's just, uh, yeah, I appreciate you coming on and, and talking about all this. Obviously I know that it's definitely not easy, um, but it, it definitely, I think helps anybody who's listening to see a perspective where you're not just 
blaming, looking for somebody to blame. There's actual uh, vision for change. Um, when we see that, uh, it's it's unique, but those are the the kind of people that really make things happen. And obviously, in your home state, you're already making things happen. And so, hats off to you. You know what? Thank you so much. I um, I'm thankful for this opportunity. Anytime that I'm able to uh, speak about a mayor, um, to talk about my family, to talk about anything that I've gone through, um, I'm, I'm jumping on it. Yeah. And especially if it's positive. Um, you know, um, the media has a way of, of, of pushing certain narratives, you know, and, and that's, and that's what we wanted to change with this documentary. The Amir Lock, no knock, no charge, uh, story. We don't have a distributor for it yet, but it was recently picked up by the Pan-African Film Festival out in L.A. Okay. The biggest black film festival that there is. And uh, it, it would be playing uh, on February the 16th uh, at the uh, Pan-African Film Festival. So, awesome. so we were able to, uh, so far, we were a part of the Tyler Man Film Festival in Chicago. Okay. Uh, that debuted uh, the uh, Amir Lock story. It was about 400 people that showed up out there. And, wow. Uh, where, let's see, where did they have it? And I have a lost word. It was in Chicago, and I'm trying to think of the theater that that we um, that we had the opening. I can't think of it. It wasn't Lumbar. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't. Uh, I apologize. I can't. Oh think no, of, you're fine. Can't think of this, the city. Um, there's like, too many suburbs of Chicago, man. Yeah, but it was but it, it was a beautiful it was a beautiful turnout, and um and 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 I very eye opening. So with this story here, um, with this movie, with this doc, with this documentary, you can't once you see it, you can't unsee it. Yeah. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. So there's some trailers that are online. You can pull up the Amirlock story. And you'll be able to see the trailers online on YouTube, and you'll be able to see uh, some of the things in which we're, which I'm talking about. Okay, and uh, Aaron, we can throw a link up for that, right? Yeah, I'm gonna throw links up for everything that you've mentioned. All right, so click on that on your screen, guys, if you want to kind of see more more okay. videos of that. Yeah, I, absolutely. So, um, our our goal is for the world to see the truth and that the truth needs no support. Yeah. So like I said, once you see this documentary, you can't unsee it. Right. Now there's another documentary that's out right now that we were a part of in the early stages uh, with attorney uh, Ben Crump. Uh, it's called um, the sounds of the police. And that is out right now on Hulu. The sounds of the police. Gotcha. Sounds of the police. And that's on Hulu right now. And uh, that documentary is done well. Uh, gotcha. So anything that, that pushes um, Amir's story in a positive light, uh, we, we are a part of. Um, Absolutely. You know, our, my biggest thing was why do we in, our, in, in the black community, black and brown communities, why do we have to continue to humanize our children like they don't like they don't matter? And we have to do this to white America because um, the same way that they're trying to keep black history out of schools now, they don't want the truth to be told. 
a lot of white people don't live the way that we do. So uh, there's only one race. There's a human race. Yeah. <laughs> but different cultural backgrounds and from from slavery up until now things are still a lot the same and those are the things that that we're still dealing with systematic racism is absolutely real absolutely it is absolutely real it is it is it is alive it is breathing and it's at and it's at every level yeah so these are the things that we have to that we have to try to swim through in order to get justice for our loved ones. And, we, and many people have come before um, that have died from no-knock warrants, like Breonna Taylor. Um, you know, thank God that it, it was unfortunate what happened to Breonna Taylor, as, it, as it's been unfortunate what took place with Amir. But their stories have opened up uh, a door um, a door where a change can happen. And, and this is what we're, we're seeing it. We're living it. And, but we would like to see more. So Definitely. with that being said, um, we, we have had help with uh, Congresswoman Ilhan Omar, um, who introduced the bill uh, in Congress, the Amir Lock, uh, the Amir Lock uh, Deadly No Knock, uh, they're mere like deadly no not uh, charge uh, bill. So uh, what we would look to ban no knock warrants throughout the country. Gotcha. Okay. So we just want to ban them uh, across the board. Straight across the board. So so far um, that I know, there's at least six states that are that are have complete bans on no knock warrants. Right. And Minnesota uh, just has the the restrictions, but that's a start. And, right, you know, because they can't just pull it any any longer. Oh yeah, you know. What was your state of mind when you first realized that that bill was going to pass that you were a part of, and, and kind of saw through? I think kind of taking something that was so bad and kind of building up to hopefully creating that change, like that you mentioned. What was your mindset as far as kind of just where where did Put us where you were at when that kind of happened and realized that this was actually the change that you kind of helped pivot and push forward through everything that you kind of went through. Well, I have to start off by thanking the um, the, legis um, the representatives um, who were a part of uh, the process. And I reached out to a, a great friend of mine who's a, a fellow hip hop artist here in Minnesota, um, but she's also um, fighting for the community is uh, Representative Maria Issa Perez Vega, you know, and I'm talking about she's dynamite, man. She's <laughs> she, she's so fly, man. Uh, it, it's uh, and it, just what she stands for. Uh, I knew her. Uh, I, I know our family. Um, they're just beautiful people. And when I realized that no one was uh, pushing for no knock warrants. Um, that it had been knocked down. I, actually, let me say this. They had been trying to ban no-knock warrants for, you know, some of the community activists have been, you know, and legislature and, and uh, representatives have been trying to ban no-knock warrants for the last 15 years prior yeah. to mm -hmm. us getting the bill passed. 
Right. So it just had been being knocked down consistently. So um, when I realized that that wasn't moving, God spoke to me. See, what I've learned in, is that, and, and, and I don't want to sound cliche or anything like that, and I don't want to sound over the top as a God hugger, but I am absolutely thankful for God using me and me being able to be obedient and being able to listen and knowing that God is the head of everything and God has been the spearhead and my um, my light um, that has given me direction. So let me start there by being able to say that none of this would have been able to take place without me being able to listen to God and being able to listen to direction and knowing when positive information was coming in and how to uh, to use that information. So um, God sent me a message, and, and this is what I mean by being able to listen to God. Um, I'm telling you my process, my thought process at the time. So when I when I realized that no one was pushing any longer, I, I wasn't hearing any conversation about no knock warrants. Okay, so God said to me, "Contact Maria Issa." Perez Vega. So, you know, when you get a thought about someone, my brother taught me, my brother Gregory taught me, when you have a thought about someone, whether if they did you bad in the past or if it's something good, that means contact them hmm. right then and there. So that's one thing that I learned to do is to contact people immediately when I think about them. So I uh, placed a call to uh, Representative uh, Maria Issa Perez Vega and she answered right away. Hmm. And I and I told her, hey, listen, congratulations on um, on your seat. Uh, very proud of you. But I need your help. And she said, what can I help you with? I said, I need I need help with someone that won't be afraid to champion our cause to push no knock warrants being banned in this state. Yeah. Her response immediately was, let's go. She just picked up the torch and ran with it, huh? Her, her response was like, when are you ready to get started? I already, wow. got the team. I already have the team for you. Nice. And I said, I want to start tomorrow. She said, meet me. And she gave me a date. Meet. Let's wow. meet, let's meet at the Capitol on this day, and and I'll put everyone in place. Wow. So so she ended up putting us um, in the right hands of uh, of the Arthur of the bill, uh, who authored the bill, and uh, every representative beforehand that actually uh, authored the bill that was knocked down. Um, and when I realized. Um, that it was going to go through. Shout out also uh, Tony Romanucci's office, our attorneys as well. Okay. Um, Jennifer McGuthrin, um, who played a key part um, of, 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 of this as well, of helping me uh, get through this. And, um, and when I realized that it was going to happen, I don't want to sound funny or anything, but I could already see that it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I felt it when God told me to contact Maria Issa. And 
when things fall into place, when it just comes together, when it just comes together. Hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. I had to go fight for it. I went and fought for it. I went and, uh, and to represent Amir uh, in front of um, a judiciary board and to fight for his to fight for his life to fight for his voice so yeah. so i had to do those things but how how amazing for you to just call and that response like how meant to be is that how i mean we say it all the time right that's got to work you know absolutely it was not it was nothing nothing but god at work you know, and, uh, you know, it, it's it goes back to building relationships like you were talking about the relationships of some of the alumni of the Exposonic Rockers and moi. Right. And um, it's, it's the same. It's with everything. I've learned how to build relationships at every level. Um, I have uh, I have relationships in law enforcement. I have relationships with people that's in the streets. I have relationships with people that are in these prisons. I have relationships at every level. That, that I need to have one at um, because I learned early not to burn bridges. Yeah. So, because you never know who you may need help from. Yeah. Yep. So you, you treat people the way that you want them to treat you. That's what my mother taught me. She taught us treat people the way that you want them to treat your family. Yeah. So yeah, you, treat people with, you treat people with respect. You treat them like human beings. They'll, they'll give you the same thing in return. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And like you said, we're all, it's the human race. Like, I love the idea of treat the way you'd want someone else to treat your family because that's somebody else's family, you know? So that's, yeah, that's a great way of kind of putting it perspective. Um, I have a question kind of more just personally for you. Mm -hmm. uh, through all of this over the last couple of years, who has been your support? My wife, my wife, Patsy. Um she has uh, uh, been tremendous, man. Just, uh, just a, a super, a super backbone. She's my best friend. She's my, she's my go-to. She, uh, um, the way that she encourages me um, to uh, push forward with, with my craft of music, uh, with everything that I love to do. Um, she, she, um, she's the. Um, how can I say this? She is the backbone of, of the household hmm. uh, where she holds everything together. She holds all of the glue together. And uh, and she's a, a tremendous woman, man. She's uh, just just beautiful. Um, she's uh, physically beautiful, but she is so beautiful on the inside. Her That inside beauty is uh, just amazing because you see what you get when you meet her. That's just that's just her. And what I what I love about her uh, overall is that God lent her to me. And and he lent me someone that believes in the same thing that I do. Uh, she's on the same accord that I'm on. We believe in helping people. We believe in right and wrong. We believe in unity. We believe in love. We believe in prosperity. We we believe in hard work, dedication, determination, and discipline. 
we believe in uh, raising our family to be respectable and respectful people. We believe in safety. We believe in um, in treating people with beauty, and 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 that's how we approach life. But don't we're not gonna get it messed up either. Uh, we are people that don't take shorts either, at all. So uh, we don't tolerate disrespect at all. So uh, she's uh, she's definitely been my backbone, um, and just uh, and very, just just out just she's very quiet. So uh, she plays she likes to be in the background of things. She doesn't like to be out front at all. So, um, but you'll always see her by my side. And uh, and we're we're together. All of that walking behind me and all of that other stuff. That's not that's not that. She's right there with me. So no, that that's great, man. I can't. You can't really ask for somebody better than your wife to you know help you through. You know, such an insanely just a tough time, obviously, and yeah. and to keep you pushing forward. Um, because yeah. I know how easy it would be for me to to be stuck and I can't even begin to imagine. Um, and so to see you being so, uh, passionate about making this as, you know, as negative as it is making it into something, something positive to come Mm -hmm. out of it, you know, um, it definitely takes a, a lot of support, um, not to just be okay, but to do what you're doing. Um, and so, yeah, that's great. I, I love to hear that. And and, and and we'll talk about uh, the support outside of the home as well. The support outside of the home, um, this community has uh, been tremendous here in Minnesota. Um, you know, of course, you're not going to get everyone that agrees um, <laughs> with, with what is taking place. Um, but who wants to see the right things happen? There's some people out there that just they just thrive in negativity. And uh, and um, no accountability, as you know. Bl- black lives don't matter to some people, and all lives should matter. So, and 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 it's unfortunate that we have to keep pushing Black Lives Matter, um, because in a lot of circumstances, uh, with certain white people, they, it doesn't. So this is the reason for pushing that message. So, um, no, I think that it's, you know, and growing up in Rockford, moving to Chicago, living in Milwaukee, I have always, you know, I have about three friends and none of them are white. And so I've always hung out with people that, you know, weren't necessarily white and it it had nothing to do with color or anything. It was just the people I ended up around. But as I got older, I was so, I guess, desensitized to the fact that racism was even a thing still that I forgot because that wasn't me. You know, I spent all of my time around, you know, a lot of different cultures. And, um, you know, my best friend's name is Moises Nunez. And so, you know, that, and he's been my friend for about a dozen years. And, um, so like, you know, 
being in that culture or not in, I shouldn't say in, but being mm-hmm. around those cultures for so long, mm-hmm. as I grew up, it kind of blew my mind to still see, see things as I grew up that was like, Oh, this like, um, living in Milwaukee. Um, my friends out there had to tell me that, uh, I, we couldn't walk around in groups of more than two mm-hmm. because, if they saw some black kids walking around and but they said, if you want to walk your ass up the street and go grab some snacks by yourself, you're completely safe. But if yep. you're out here walking in groups, you're either going to get shot at by somebody picked mm-hmm. up by the police, something yep. bad, you know? And so one of their rules of thumbs was if we're going out, we're always strapped. And so like, mm-hmm. it, it's just insane. The level that sometimes they felt like they had to take it to just to be mm-hmm. safe because yep. Those things are still happening. This was half a dozen years ago when I was living in Milwaukee, you know, and that's not a law. They're not legally have to be picked up just because you're walking around after dark in a group of three. But that's what the code out there in Milwaukee was for those officers. And so as I've just kind of grown up, my innocence of that was kind of taken away as you get older and you see like we were talking about systematic racism this stuff Mm -hmm. that um is still going on that we just don't see because i i'm not in that culture Mm -hmm. i visited that culture i i took part in a little bit of that culture and then left i didn't have to stay there you know i didn't have to live in that culture so i can never truly understand that but to see that there are still these things going on within those culture that are just blatantly racist Mm -hmm. blew my mind, you know? Um, And so obviously there's still a lot more change uh, ahead of us. And there's a lot more things um, that we could, you know, bring up, talk about, uh, push for. And so I just, I I want to, from the entire MWA troop, just tell you to keep going, man. Like this is absolutely a hundred percent the direction that, um, you should be taking with this props to you for even being able to, you know, carrying this cross a little bit um, and trying to, I know, like you said, plenty of support behind you and, you know, you've had a lot of help, but you've done a lot to spearhead this. And so um, thank you for everything that you've done um, thus far. And um, I know Aaron kind of brought this up earlier to me, but like, can you just fill us in on what's next, man? Well, you know, um, we are, um, we're, we're still fighting. So um, we're just now um, touching the courts and, uh, and though, and we're going to let these things play out and um, it's justice for a mere lock. And so those are the things that are going on legally on that end. Um, musically, um, there was a song that I dropped before um, that was a, before uh, this, this new song where the love at it's a song called so thankful that I recorded with the Grammy award winning group, uh, the sounds of blackness and Grammy award winner, Jamesia Bennett, uh, okay. beautiful uh, songstress and um, writer producer. She actually directed the uh, video uh, for so thankful. And that song was a tribute to Amir. Um, and um, so so the next things is continuing uh, to, uh, to to make change. Um, you know, um, 
what I would like to start doing, what I will be doing here, doing more of, is doing speaking engagements and having people book me for speaking engagements. Uh, different colleges uh, where we can talk about um, the steps that it took uh, for uh, to get the no-knock uh, restrictions passed and how other people can do it in their communities. So uh, those are some of the things that I'll be doing. Uh, so I'll be doing speaking engagements to encourage kids. Um, I'll be setting up for bookings here shortly and um, to, to push forward with those things and, uh, and, and also looking for funding for those things because it takes, it takes money to be able to travel from state to state, from school to school. Um, it, it's going to take some, uh, some backing. So I'm looking for those things. And also I'll, I'll be starting my own organization um, the ARL, um, the Andre Arlock, Amir Arlock, Andre Jr. Arlock um, hmm. uh, Foundation, uh, where we uh, push uh, for um, music and social social justice, um, um, where we can make change. Okay. That's awesome, man. I'm, uh, that's exciting to hear. The So what exactly um, would that foundation kind of, you said, looking um, for like music and social justice kind of? Um, well, 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 I'll do. So so here's the thing. We're musically inclined. So, right. So I want to be able to help children. Um, um, uh, you know, I want to help some of these kids because everybody and their mama rap or sing now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, but everyone doesn't have the actual um, relationships because it's about the relationships in order to get to get to a certain level. Right. So I want to be able to help supply the relationships to help get to a certain level. Um, and those are the that's that's the direction that I like to take that. But also with the social justice and, and fighting against police corruption, um, we. I want to be able to um, to where we can have officers coming to the community again, where they can uh, build a relationship with the community like they used to. Yeah. So, so that foundation would kind of carry on yes. what you're doing right now what, or what Absolutely. you have been doing, pushing for, you know, social justice at large, whatever the, yes. the topic may be. Okay. That's, that's beautiful, man. I love to, I love to hear that. That's exciting stuff. Um, obviously, uh, you're going to keep pushing with the music. We're excited to hear, um, what you got next, man. Aaron, did you have any more questions for, uh, for buddy? I know you had some stuff prepared. I had one question that I, I, it's one of those, I wrote it so well. I want to ask just because I think it's something having seen the stories and watched like just how this has transpired and the way that you've been, um, I want to read it here. Where did you get your internal monologue of positivity from and like having the mindset of not of revenge or spite, but of it was constrictive, excuse me, constructive rebellion, kind of like because something bad happened, you want to fight back in a way sometimes that's that's can be negative for yourself or others. But the way that you went about things in such a positive way, but yet was still like a, you're fighting the system, like you've mentioned before. And obviously you mentioned having this spiritual and, and, and how God has been a part of all of this, which is it's great. And I'm sure that's part of this answer too. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's just where, how can someone 
take what you've kind of have gone through, whether it's their own tragedy and can have that positivity to move forward each day after something's gone so bad, but yet like you've been so constructive and positive with that. Where does that come from? That comes from my mother. Hmm. And um, my mother was strong and she was positive and seeing um, some of the things that she went through um, and just being able to witness her strength uh, as a mother raising five children and working uh, two jobs and uh, coming home and making sure that we made it to school uh, on time and everything. And um, and just teaching us everything, teaching us how to tell time on a regular clock, um, you know, to look at each, to look at the big hand and the small hand. Uh, I'm saying all of these things to say that my mother instilled in us strength. So some of us have it um, uh, a little bit more than others in the family. Um, uh, and I was one of them that she felt that would be extremely strong. And I don't quite see it, see myself being strong like that because mm -hmm. we all have our moments. Mm -hmm. and, and let's be realistic. Um, if it was up to me personally, if it was up to me, if I had to listen to myself, I wouldn't be here. So let me, let's just be, let's yeah. just be real. <laughs> so if, if, if I had to listen to my, my immediate thoughts, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. But when I was able to sit still and being able to listen to God, cause I, I couldn't hear anybody else either. I wasn't listening to anything anyone was saying to me, nothing mm -hmm. but me being able to hear from God and God telling me to be still and, and, and he'll give me direction and this hurt and this deep hurt that I'm still going through. I talk to my son every day. I talk to him here consistently, you know, because it's his turn to watch over us. It's his turn to protect us. And, uh, and to protect this family. He got these little brothers and younger sisters uh, that, that I, and, and also I have a granddaughter as well. So um, he has a niece that, that, that I just, that when I talk to him, man, keep us all safe. Uh, keep us all out of harm's way. For whatever you knew, whatever God knew uh, that he was able to take you uh, and to bring you to where he is right now uh, at, at the age of 22. Um, I would like to know why someday. Um, um, but it opened my eyes to that it's a bigger picture than um, just helping the mirror. You know, some people look at people as a sacrifice. I'm not, I can't say he was a sacrifice or anything like that, but I can say that that there was purpose behind it. And, and I'm learning this, this purpose, that this purpose is to make change. And for whatever reason, God uses individuals, whether if it was for me or if it was for him, uh, his, his life is profound. And he's made a mark on this country and on the world um, that that will forever be there. Even with us living in this, um, in this um, matrix of media, so everyone has their fifteen minutes of fame. It's on to the next story. So we forget 
people forget, but the family doesn't forget mm-hmm. because we have to live it consistently. Yeah. Because we did love him. Amir was a human. Amir yeah. was my son. Amir was 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 his mother's uh baby. You know, uh, and um we have to uh keep those things in mind. So that's where my strength comes from. And um I just really had to learn how to listen to God. I'm talking about really. <laughs> I'm listen to him. I'm really had to listen. Really have to listen because uh, it made me want to call on every relationship that I had ever made, and I made a lot of them. All things, all things are possible. All things are possible to him who believes in Christ Jesus. There it is. Yeah, facto. Yeah. Fact. <laughs> Well, thank you, uh, buddy, for coming on and sharing your heart with us. Uh, like I said, we appreciate everything that you're doing and obviously we'll continue to do. Um, I don't think that there's a whole lot that could stop you at this point. Um, love to see your determination uh, and just your drive behind everything that's that's going on. We're very excited to see what's ahead of you, man. You got a, a lot of big stuff ahead of you and, and we're definitely excited to see where that takes you. Um, so we'll be looking out for you, brother. One, one more thing too. So, you know, another thing uh, that's important is um, the threat level. Uh, threats are real as well. Um, you have some of these groups out here um, that's so against um, what we're doing to make change. Uh, the, the threat level is real as well. So, um, you know, I'm thankful that the, uh, um, that the department of justice, that they were able to come in, uh, to do their findings, um, uh, where Minneapolis was, uh, the Minneapolis PD were found guilty of discrimination primarily against blacks and indigenous people. And, um, at every level, <laughs> when I say at every level, at every level where they have to do a uh, dissent decree. And with that dissent decree, that is supposed to bring change. So um, retaliation, um, they were guilty of retaliation and each of those things. So those are some things that um, that often from time to time plays in the back of my mind as well. Yeah. You know, so I'm thankful that w- that, that we have coverage on that end. Um, because they're watching everything. Yeah. So, um, and, um, it's a, this is a dirty thing, man. It's so much, this stuff is filled with so much corruption. Uh, it's, it's just, uh, you know, some people get into these, uh, these, um, um, these theories, uh, conspiracy theories and stuff like that. But this stuff is, is really, really happening. Yeah, you know, you know these things. This this corruption is at, at the at, is at the height. You wouldn't believe it, man. It's amazing the things that you have to go through, uh, in order to uh, you know, to get justice. But what? Yeah. But we're not done. We're just getting started. Yeah, and I really do believe, man. With with the people you got behind you, I think that in the end, um, as far as what justice can be served at this point. Um, mm-hmm. I believe that that's coming. I really do. And, and so we'll just keep on encouraging you in that, man. 
And, and let me be clear. That's all we're asking for. We just want oh, accountability. Yeah. We just want accountability. And because it's not going to bring a mirror back. Right. We just want accountability. We want the mayor of Minneapolis to step up to the plate. Uh, we want the MPD to step up to the plate. We're just looking for accountability. Yeah. So, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Not at all. Not at all. I think that for what has happened that, um, you guys deserve that at least, or the community, the community mm -hmm. deserves that at least, um, everybody involved. Um, yes, we can't, we can't just skip over it. We can't just pretend it didn't happen. Even if we mm -hmm. make the changes, you know, we have to address it. And, and I'm happy that you said that. And I'll end it with this. I want to um, send a shout out to, uh, to share Garraway and also, uh, Nakimi, uh, Levy Armstrong. Um, these are the activists and, um, uh, civil rights activists that are pushing um, in the community here in Minnesota. Um, every time there's a police shooting or anything uh, that involves the police, um, and not just that, um, they deal with uh, um, uh, uh, homeless people encampments. Uh, every issue they're at, they're at every issue. These gotcha. women, these women are amazing women um, that are helping these families. Um, to seek justice, and not only that, to seek housing, um, to seek um, uh, accountability. Um, these women are remarkable, man. And I just want to send a shout out to them. And we're our family and families are absolutely thankful. Uh, families against police brutality, uh, families that fight for police brutality, that, that fight against police brutality. Uh, that's the organization. So, um, you know, I just want to tip my hat to those ladies uh, because they're keeping things going in the community uh, for positivity and to make change. Definitely. They sound like some amazing women yes. going to be taking on. That's just a lot of tough. I mean, everything that you said, it's all tough stuff to deal with. And for them to be taking all of that head on. Yeah. Kudos to them. Hats off. So, um, okay. yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Very cool. Oh, uh, I think that that will kind of bring us to the end here. Um, mm -hmm. We really do. We appreciate you coming on. Um, we wish you the best of luck moving forward. Um, obviously, on the legal side of things and with uh, the agendas that you're kind of pushing on the social justice um, side of things. Uh, mm -hmm. After talking to you, obviously, um, I think that you, what you're doing is amazing. Um, and I think that there's still a lot of change to come and you're going to be a big part of that. So thank you so much for what you're doing, man. Man, thank, thank you. you guys, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you for even considering me. And, uh, um, you know, and, and here we are, man. Um, mm -hmm. Talk again soon. Yes. <laughs> no, it was good talking to you, man. You take care. You as well. Thank you. Guys. Thank you. Thank you. This is Landon Ballard, and this has been the Humans Anonymous podcast brought to you by moi. For more information on mental health, substance abuse, or to have me and Amaria come speak at your school, please head over to moi.net. That's M-W-A-H dot N-E-T.